BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Now that it's received approval from the FDA and been endorsed by a CDC advisory panel, state health officials say they're ready to give COVID-19 booster shots to anyone who's eligible. Before it's widely distributed, the efficacy of a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine still needs to be reviewed by the Western State Scientific Safety Review Workgroup. It includes public health experts from California, Nevada, Oregon and Washington. California Health and Human Services Secretary Mark Galley says that unlike when the vaccines were first introduced, the state is way better prepared, particularly for those who are 65 and older. We'll be working with those areas, congregate care facilities to make sure that they're matched up with pharmacies who can bring vaccines to those facilities, make sure that the health clinics and physicians practices and health systems are prepared to provide those third doses to eligible people. The CDC advisory committee says boosters should be offered to people who are 65 and older, residents in long-term care facilities, and those who are between the ages of 50 and 64 with underlying medical conditions. And late last night, the director of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, overruled the panel and said a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine should also be offered to people who are between 18 and 64 who were in higher risk environments that make them more vulnerable to virus exposure. Galley says federal officials still need to address what it means for someone to be fully vaccinated and whether that definition will change from two shots to three. That could affect the state's mandate that all healthcare workers be vaccinated by the end of this month. One of the big issues for the booster shot is that millions of Californians did not receive the Pfizer vaccine and still need to wait approval for the Moderna and Johnson & Johnson vaccines by federal health officials. In fact, in Los Angeles County, Public Health Director Barbara Ferrer says about 90% of residents in long-term care facilities receive the Moderna vaccine. The CDC did issue a statement last night saying it will consider both the Moderna and J&J vaccines once all the data is in on their efficacy. Another big name appears to be close to formally announcing a run for mayor of Los Angeles. According to the Washington Post, Congresswoman Karen Bass will make the official announcement soon, possibly as early as next week. Bass has represented the 37th district in Congress since 2011. It includes South LA, Crenshaw, Baldwin Hills, Century City, and West Los Angeles. Prior to Congress, she served in the state assembly. LA City Councilman Kevin DeLeon formally joined the race this week. City Attorney Mike 
Mike Fuhr and fellow council member Joe Buscaino are also running to succeed Mayor Eric Garcetti next year. In a statement to the Post, a spokesperson for Representative Bass says she's deeply concerned about the homeless crisis and how the disproportionate impact of the pandemic could tear the city apart. Mayor Garcetti has been nominated to serve as ambassador to India under the Biden administration and is still awaiting a Senate confirmation hearing. If Garcetti is confirmed, the city council will appoint an interim mayor to serve the remainder of his term. During a visit yesterday to the site of the KNP complex fire in Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a $15 billion climate package. How will the money be spent? KQED's Laura Clivens has more. A third of the package will be spent on immediate drought relief and water measures. Other investments include zero-emissions vehicles, preparation for communities to deal with sea level rise, and carbon-storing agriculture. Newsom spoke through a cloud of wildfire smoke near thousand-year-old sequoia trees that nearly burned. Our kids are going to inherit a world with eight-degree higher temperatures than they have today. That's the track we're on. That's the inheritance we're leaving to our kids unless we do something radically different. Newsom is directing investment to low-income communities and communities of color, hoping to improve air quality and the unequal heat burdens some of these individuals experience. For The California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. So far, the KNP complex fire has burned more than 36,000 acres and is one of two major blazes making its way through Sequoia National Park. The windy fire burning to the south has burned nearly 50,000 acres. And additional evacuation orders have been issued for the areas surrounding McNally's Lodge in the town of Kernville in Tulare County. More than 3,000 firefighters are battling the two blazes. And following up on our coverage of the threat the wildfires pose to California's iconic sequoias, Valley Public Radio Sarith Hawk reports that for the most part, the trees have been spared. The edge of the fire has largely moved around the giant forest, and beloved trees there, like the General Sherman, remain safe. The flames touched a few sequoias like the Fort Guardsmen, but Fire Information Officer Mark Garrett says those trees won't suffer much damage. Even if they did, they're totally prepared for it. You know, they've got two plus two to three foot bark at the base and the lowest branches are 100 feet up, so it can't, the fire can't get into the canopy. At another fire burning to the south, fire crews are watching for hot spots along the Trail of 100 Giants. There, fire ignited the top of a sequoia, damaging the famed bench tree. Despite the damage, Garrett says fires are necessary for forests to regenerate growth. It would clear a lot of the forest floor up, making way for new seedlings. An advisor from Yosemite National Park arrived Wednesday to help inspect the damaged trees. For the California Report, I'm Sarith Hawk in Fresno. Meanwhile, in far northern California, a fast-moving wildfire has destroyed at least 25 structures, including several homes in Shasta County. Thousands of people have been forced to evacuate from the Fawn Fire, which has grown to nearly 6,000 acres as it burns northeast of Shasta Lake. Authorities say they believe the fire was intentionally set and have arrested a Palo Alto woman on suspicion of arson. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of The Bay and beyond. 
with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. And now a preview of our sister show, The California Report's weekly magazine. This week, they take us on a virtual road trip to some of California's best-kept hidden gems. Oh my God, it's like a cathedral of ferns. With these waterfalls cascading down the cliffs. Incredible. California Report Magazine host Sasha Coca starts the show out in Fern Canyon in Humboldt County, a lush canyon where they film part of the movie Jurassic Park. Then we head south and trade natural beauty for something a little more curated. So I was 20 years old and I said, I'm going to make a roadside attraction beauty parlor museum. And so here I am 29 years later, and I'm living that dream. That's Jeff Hafler. He runs the Beauty Bubble, a museum and salon in the desert of Joshua Tree. The place is crammed with some 3,000 beauty care artifacts, like curlers and hair dryers, going back over 100 years. They call me America's hair historian now. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had to do it. And finally, no California road trip would be complete without pulling off the road to eat. This time, it's for lunch in the heart of the Central Valley. Everybody always comes back over and over, and that's the first thing they always say is the chili. Ramona Villa works at Lady Chicken and Rice, a food truck serving up Lao cuisine off Highway 99, where there's almost always a line. Great food, good price, friendly people, awesome. To discover more of California's hidden gems and the perfect dessert to end your journey, tune in to this week's California Report magazine or download the podcast. Let's change pace now and go to the movies. For over a century, Los Angeles has been synonymous with movies and movie making, but it's never really had a place that comprehensively told the story of all that cinema history. That changes next week, when the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures opens to the public. The seven-story, 300,000-square-foot museum on the corner of Wilshire Boulevard and Fairfax Avenue should be a cinephile's dream, filled with filmmaking treasures. Dorothy's ruby red slippers from the Wizard of Oz, an astronaut suit from 2001 A Space Odyssey, and the last surviving full-size model shark from Jaws, they're all here. That's a 20-footer. 25. Three tons of them. There are also exhibits here about the art and craft of filmmaking, like cinematography, editing, and sound design. For example, in one theater, visitors will see and hear how the opening scenes of Raiders of the Lost Ark were created sonically. The sound of a machine-cutting metal is used for the darts firing. The clatter of a weathered old garage door is the off-screen temple movement. At a press preview this week, actor Tom Hanks made the case for why a museum like this should exist. We all know films are made everywhere in the world, and they are wonderful films. And there are other cities with film museums. But with all due respect, a place like Los Angeles, 
created by the Motion Picture Academy, this museum has really got to be the Parthenon of uh, such places. But the Academy Museum will open at a time when Hollywood is wrestling with issues of diversity and representation, both on screen and behind the cameras. Jacqueline Stewart is the museum's chief programming officer. She told me this place has worked hard to showcase the contributions of underrepresented communities to cinema and that it won't gloss over the film industry's problems. So we don't shy away from talking about the histories of sexism and racism and ableism and homophobia in the film industry and in our society. But we also recognize that for many people, film is just about entertainment. It's, the museum is fun, and there's so many exhibitions that people will see that will really lift their spirits and make them feel good about the films that they know. I just hope that they'll also pay some attention to the ways that we're trying to think about how entertainment and social issues come together and influence each other. I think it makes us appreciate the films more when we really recognize their true complexity. And of course, what would a movie museum be without movies? There'll be plenty of films screened at the Academy Museum inside a striking sphere-shaped 1,000-seat theater that looms over Fairfax Avenue. The architect Renzo Piano likens it to an enormous soap bubble, but Angelinos have borrowed a nickname from a movie to describe the theater. They call it the Death Star. And that is the California Report for Friday, September 24th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editors, Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editors, Ethan Tovin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and talk on Monday. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.